How's it, everybody? Welcome to the Complete Dad Podcast. This is Tom Kingwell from The Complete Dad. And I'm, today I am not here with Joshua. Um, I'm here with a special guest, Alan Smith. Alan, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So Alan reached out to me and we finally got this together after <laughs> quite some time and holidays and these kind of things. And I really appreciate that because um, this is a matter that actually is quite close to my heart. It's something that I've been thinking about for quite a long time. And with all the things people are fighting for these days and um, voicing their opinion and standing up for the press, this is one thing that, although there are people behind the scenes working on it, doesn't get as much attention as I believe it should. It should almost be the forefront of our minds or the forefront of what people are speaking. In fact, on the news, they should be talking about this every day, yet you hardly ever hear about it, actually. Uh, yeah, I agree. And the, the topic, the, yeah, it's a it's a cliffhanger. What are we talking about? Yeah, what are we? <laughs> well, it's not that funny though. We shouldn't really no. laugh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I lead an anti-human trafficking agency. We're based in all the way over in California, and oh. uh, we train and consult around the country. And I've actually been on a number of shows like these around the world in this last six months. We put out a book, and there's a lot of people that are interested in it. Uh, we specialize in child trafficking, the recovery and restoration of children being trafficked. And uh, we certainly will break all that down. But I agree with you. Uh, it needs to be at the top of the list. It's not at the top of the list, although we're making progress because there are more conversations being had. There's more documentaries. There's more news. I'm not sure in your part of the world if that's true, but I do see more momentum and interest. And so we got to step on the gas pedal and uh, make sure everybody knows about it. Mm. The one that I have been aware of is is Ballard. Is his name Chris Ballard, an, an, an ex Navy SEAL or ex Ranger that has started this whole group of rescuing kids and stuff. He's done quite a lot of work on that. That's the one thing. I think it's called the Underground Railroad as well, where they they are quite focused on that. But you know, as as a father and this being the complete dad, you know, it's the unthinkable thought of it actually happening to your kid. And we've watched you know movies like Taken or I think it's called the Forty Eight Hours, and and you just see kind of a little glimpse of that. And you think, you know, if that would be my child, you know, what would I do yeah. to get my child back? You know? Well, and I'm assuming the the biggest part of your audience is dads, the name of the podcast, a complete dad. So a lot of dads, a lot of men are tuning in and yeah, there's nothing worse. And that's what drives me every day. I'm a father myself. I have two children, a son and a daughter. And uh, there's, there's nothing more, uh, powerful and important and alarming than the thought of your own child being sucked into this dark underworld of human trafficking. It's a global epidemic. There's 45 million people enslaved worldwide via human trafficking, 45 million. This is not a small crime. This is not a little insignificant issue. And uh, kids, our kids are at risk. If you're listening here and you have kids, your kids are at risk. And we can break that down if you want, but um, we have to stand against it for sure. Mm. Yeah, it's a pity that it only hit hard. It hits hard when it happens to you. You know what I mean? It's kind of like we live in our little bubbles over here. You know, um, in fact, it was quite interesting today because there was a, an, a heist of an armed vehicle in our village today, which is totally bizarre. It was like, okay, that's kind of like where I come from, South Africa. And when it hits you, you kind of realize like, oh, okay, there's another world out there. Being from Cape Town, South Africa, I used to hear a lot more about this because in South Africa, this happens actually in um, a lot of the areas with, um, especially in the drug trade. You know, and obviously prostitution and these kind of things where they kind of kidnap kids or girls mainly and then get them hooked on drugs. And then obviously they end up, you know, in that life permanently or their life wrecked. But, you know, you said 45 million. I mean, it is it's quite significant. It's almost probably the most people enslaved in history. Well, yeah. And, and that actually is a little known fact that there's more people enslaved right now than at any time in human history. And so you think through all the history books and hundreds and thousands of years of human civilization, most societies have had some version of slavery, you know, in the history of the world. And there's more people enslaved right now than at any time in human history via human trafficking. And it's, it's mostly uh, sex trafficking and labor trafficking. It's compelling someone to do that, which they don't want to do. There's a, there's a third party, an outside person, typically known as a trafficker. Maybe the Hollywood or the street name is the pimp. Mm. And he asserts his power and asserts ownership over somebody who is vulnerable and available in that way. 
And um, they soon find out that they don't have a choice to do whatever it is that he wants them to do, uh, or there will be consequences and oftentimes lethal consequences. We've had a number of funerals recently of the kids that we serve. And uh, it's absolutely brutal and it's appalling. And we need the complete dad. We need all those men mm. to rise up and get up and know about it and then do something about it in your setting and your, in your community. Mm. So let's talk about a little bit about that because, uh, you know, the book behind you, Men Fight For Me, you know, it's Men Fight For Me. So, so what is that, what is that focus and, and why is it so important that men specifically stand up and fight for this? Yeah, no, that's the question. And, and in my work with Saving Innocence, and you can learn more about our organization at savinginnocence.org. But as I mentioned earlier, we take care of primarily child victims of sex trafficking, although lately we've expanded that to all forms of human trafficking. Mm. And the, the reality is this, by far the most buyers of sex are men, by far the most sellers, the traffickers are men. It's mostly men. Mm. So we've isolated the problem. We've defined it. The problem is men. We're the problem, guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, I saw, I saw a little thing on the internet recently. And I don't know if it was a joke or real or what, but it kind of hit home. And I said, 80% of all problems are caused by men. And I started laughing and then it kind of got me sad. It's like, you know, that's, that's probably true. And maybe a little low, actually, you know, can you think of a significant problem around the world? Then there isn't a bunch of idiot men behind it uh, causing it. And so this is no, nothing different. And uh, mm -hmm. men are the problem. So the, the title is a little bit of a unique title. I was at a conference a couple of years ago and there was a survivor of sex trafficking on the stage sharing her story. And she was discussing, you know, what was going on and the, the traumatic reality for her. And she said, at one point, she said, I could no longer fight for myself. And I gave up. And then she said this, I needed someone to fight for me. And that kind of lit me up because I knew because of my position and my work that most of the buyers and sellers, most of the problem are men. And now there's a trafficking survivor on the stage saying, I need someone to fight for me. Well, that's my lane. I can say things to men that they won't hear from women. I can challenge men. I'm an expert in men. I've been a man my whole life. <laughs> I know I know how to talk to men. I can talk to men. They'll hear me. And um, so that's why I'm happy to be on this show and others like it, because we added the word men. She didn't say I needed men to fight for me. She just said I needed someone to fight for me. And, and uh, my co-author, who's a survivor of trafficking, mm, Jessica, yeah. we added the word men. So it shows up in men's podcasts and men's searches and those kinds of things, because that's the problem. We're not trying to take away one bit of any of the great work that all the women out there are doing. We're trying to add to that great work, a bunch of strong, <laughs> complete men who will join the fight. That's what we're after. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting because in this time um, where masculinity is kind of seen in a negative light, you know, probably because unfortunately, because of the 80% of problems that we create as men, you know, it's, it's a time when we've got to be, I believe we have to be a little bit careful about that because if masculinity or, and I don't think it is masculinity. I don't know if you agree with me, but I don't think masculinity is the cause of the problem. I think lack of masculinity is the cause of the problem because when you are truly masculine and when you show up as a man and show the masculine virtues, then you are actually part of the solution. And what's happening in, for me, or what I'm seeing happening often is this villainizing of the masculine. Whereas if we actually villainize the masculine now, once the masculine and men have caused all these problems in inverted commas, because I don't think, as I said, I don't think masculinity has caused the problems, but we perceive, or a lot of people are perceiving that masculinity, the word toxic masculinity is, is almost, it's a cliche now. It's basically yeah. like almost lost its meaning almost to a degree, but isn't that a dangerous thing for society to be, do, to be doing right now? when actually what it should be doing is challenging and calling out masculinity in its boys men so that we can stand up because i believe without masculinity we're never going to be those men that can actually save these kids and these people from what they're going through i'm so glad you said what you just said and i agree a thousand percent uh in in society and apparently it's worldwide because i see it in our country mm -hmm. for sure in the united states and it's, like it's happening in your country as well is that um it, it, it's almost you almost can't say that you're a man you almost can't talk about masculine virtues because there've been so many uh, ugly men, men with uh, the word toxic, which has become a cliche. There've been so many men that have used their power, their position to hurt other people. Mm. And the problem is, is that uh, culture and society thinks wrongly that the answer to that problem is to make men less masculine. Mm. 
because they think masculine men are the problem. Well, the problem is that just creates a bigger gap for those for those wrong intentioned men to step into. We need good, strong, masculine men, healthy men to rise up and confront the unhealthy men. That's what we need. And, mm. uh, you know, you'll get blasted on social media if you talk about that very much by some groups. But that's the action. That's the answer, because the problem is men. We need strong men to stand up. Yeah, you know, and, and obviously that's, but that's always the conundrum with like even what we do, you know, you've got to make sure that you are still encouraging vulnerability and you're encouraging to deal with emotional wounds so that you can show up as that man. But definitely it's not either or. We do have these false dichotomies, I believe, in our society right now where it's either or. It's either super sensitive or masculine macho, that's wrong. And um, yeah, I mean, if I look at the situation, you know, and I don't know that much about it, but from what I've seen, and what I've read in books. So I've read quite a lot of books about the Mexican drug war, for instance, and how this is part of the whole issue as well. Human trafficking, getting them across the border, whether it be Guatemala, the whole of Central America, and Mexico is kind of this thoroughfare where they go through. And then obviously America plays a big role in the demand for these things. And you think to yourself and you look at those guys and you go, well, whether we like it or not, those are vicious, strong, calculating, uh, Machiavellian kind of people and if we do away with masculinity, we're going to be sitting ducks for these people just to ruin us because they're not caring about what the left says. They're not caring about what liberals say. They're not caring about social media and who's who's bashing masculinity. They're going to keep on doing that. And there's been many times in history, as we've seen in history, where good men had to stand up. And, um, you know, it's it's hard, man, because I I just think about this this issue of little children being, you know, and this is where the reality comes in. It's little children being taken by these men or women who are involved as well. I'm sure there are women involved in this as well, whether by choice or by being forced to, you know, are taking these little innocent pe people, human beings and enslaving them. And at the end of the day, um, yeah, I, I would love to do more and, I know that every man listening here, if they can connect emotionally with us, and that's some of the problem with us men, right? We don't connect emotionally with something that's not right immediately in our sphere of influence. So if our kid would be taken, then all of a sudden we'd be action and, you know, it'd be our whole life would be ruined. But there are men sitting somewhere whose children are, are gone. What can we do as everyday guys, everyday men and dads, Besides working on ourselves, we talk about our podcast. You know, our podcast is not about tricks and tips and I'm going to be a great dad, but it's about being that kind of man that can do that. And I think it's the same thing for you. But what can we do other than that to, to help you guys and to support you and to make a difference? Because this has to stop. If you've got groups like Black Lives Matter fighting for that in, in that in that arena, if you've got feminists fighting for feminism, if you've got LGBTQ fighting for their rights, there has to be a massive group of people Mostly fathers, I feel, yeah. advocating for these people who have no voice, who have no voice at all. This is not a voice where you can, where you say you are less heard, like some of these groups that are speaking out now. These are people who have zero voice, like nothing. That's exactly right. And the average age of entry is about 12 years old into this horror of being trafficked. That's the average age, youngest age of the little girl that we took care of uh, recently was seven years old. And just saying, what has happened with humanity where this is even possible? Um, I would say there's a few things. You had a lot of good things in there, but what can we do is the bottom line question. And, and, and to back that one step, that is a big part of the problem why this is the fastest growing crime in the world, because most people, male or female, think it's somewhere far away. They think it's in, in some third world country. They think it hasn't happened to anyone as far as they know that's close to them. And uh, yeah, you're right. If it was your daughter, you would go crazy and, and mine, me as well. Uh, the problem is that's a big mistake because it's a lot closer than they think. And it's happening in every community. It's happening all over the place, especially with the Internet and all the technology yeah. that's happening. Uh, what can they do? Uh, step one is to get more educated and go down the rabbit hole of Google or whatever and start searching things out. I humbly submit this book, Men Fight For Me. We create mm. a little website called fightforme.net. You can buy it on Amazon. But add one more step because we've we've added a lot of links and a lot of resources on that website. You can get the book there to link you right to the Amazon page. And uh, it's a great resource. I can say that humbly. I was a big part of it, but we had a lot of other people, a lot of survivors telling their stories, other strong men telling their perspectives. And uh, it'll it'll get you 
educated quite a bit on terms of what's actually happening. And we include a lot of resources. Here's what you can do. Here's the big picture. Here's a small picture. Here's things you can do today. The bottom line, ultimately, we've kind of talked around the subject. We need men to stand up. And there's a big challenge in the book. Um, chapter four, we talk about man to man, and I define authentic masculinity. Mm. I'm, I'm combating this cliche of toxic masculinity. And I'm saying, well, here's what it means to be a real man. And if we can get enough people living out an authentic, strong, powerful, healthy version of masculinity, we can stamp this thing out called the exploitation and trafficking of people. It, we have to look in the mirror. And if one by one, we can look in the mirror, we'll get across a tipping point and we'll begin to change society. Well, let's, let's delve into that a little bit before we move on. Like, what do you think is a real man and, and how do you define masculinity? Yeah, in the book, we break down, there's four pillars, I call them, of masculinity. And it comes from when my son was five years old, we got together with a couple other buddies and their sons, and we had a kind of a father-son thing that went on for a number of years. And job number one was to define what it is to be a man, a real man, an authentic man, because there's so many lies being told to our little boys and our younger boys and our older men every single day through social media and, and you know, through the, the media in general. There's no agreed upon definition. Is it a certain age, 18? Is it 21? Is it when you get married? Is it when you have sex? What does it mean to actually be a man in, in culture? And so the four pillars that we agreed upon is, number one, he accepts responsibility. A real man accepts responsibility. He doesn't run from it. He does what he needs to do. And he might even step into something bigger. It's not only the responsibilities that are right on his shoulders. Mm. Think about your neighborhood. Think about your school, uh, your community your country, the world, we're going to step into something bigger and we're going to take responsibility. So yeah, maybe our child hasn't been disappeared into the trafficking world, but let's take some responsibility as if it was our child. Now, what mm -hmm. would we do? Mm -hmm. So he accepts responsibility. Two, he leads courageously. That doesn't mean he doesn't get emotional once in a while. That doesn't mean he doesn't, doesn't get afraid once in a while. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's the ability to work through and overcome the fear and still do what you need to do. We're going to need courageous leaders. How many weak-minded, pathetic men do we see leading the world, leading their countries, mm -hmm. leading their communities? Weak-minded men that are going around trying to get the applause of people and get re-voted in or whatever it might be. I can we think of one in California right now. <laughs> Only one? <laughs> uh, one, that I, one that I've seen quite a bit. <laughs> oh, there's more than one. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. But we need courageous leadership. If we're going to do something important and big, like snuff out human trafficking, mm. we're going to come up against some real obstacles. Yeah, It's, it's going to take courage because it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, number three is he lives a life of service. He's here to serve. Uh, one of the guys in the book, there's a form, former Navy SEAL covert operative guy that I know who's just a stud out there doing great things uh, in this field, rescuing kids from crazy situations. And he, he wrote his, some of his definitions of what it means to be a man. And he said something interesting. He said, as soon as a man takes, he loses all credibility, right? Hmm. An authentic man, an authentic male, a healthy male who's out changing the world isn't here to see what he can get from it. He's here to see what he can give to it. He's serving yeah. his community. He's serving his city, his town, his country, the world. And then the last pillar of authentic masculinity is he understands that who he is is more important than what he does. So on the exactly. on the ex, on the ex external, pick whatever job you want to do. You know, go be an athlete, an entertainer, work at the corner store, doesn't whatever, all that stuff. Go do you. But what's most important is focusing on the internal. That's where all the real life is. Your your honesty, your character, your integrity, your follow through. Just who you are is a, who you are is more important than whatever it is that you choose to do. <laughs> so that's our definition of authentic masculinity. And that's a world I want to live in. If we can have people live in that, serving the community, accepting responsibility, leading courageously, focusing on the internal, now we got a chance at not only solving human trafficking, but solving a lot of other problems. That number of 80% of men causing problems is going to get a lot smaller if we get a lot, a lot of men. And spoiler alert, guys, it starts by looking in the mirror. It starts mm -hmm. in your home. Mm -hmm. What kind of husband are you? What kind of father are you? What kind of friend are you? It starts mm -hmm. right there. Live those pillars out. Teach them to your sons. Grab a few guys near you with, with their sons and um, begin to practice those characteristics. That's, mm -hmm. that's a big message for me that it's in this book and just the one that we want to live out. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that because that's, as I said, that's what we do at The Complete Dad. It's all about 
be first, you know, who are you? What kind of person are you? Because when you work on that, then you end up showing up in all your arenas. What we like to do as people is like to compartmentalize. Okay, I'm going to be this at work. I'm going to be this kind of father. I'm going to be this kind of husband. And we kind of forget that the whole core is like becoming that person so that whatever we face, we have those values, those virtues that underlie all our behavior. But, you know, it is going to take that. And I think that it's great that people like you are doing what you do. And it's encouraging, you know, it's encouraging for all of us to step up and do these things. But it's very important that, um, I don't know, man, that society begins to value this again. You know, and I'm glad there's luckily there's voices out there. And it's quite sad that it feels almost like you shouldn't say it which is kind of ridiculous that you even have to, you even have to kind of make like a disclaimer, like, well, when I say courageously, I don't mean, and we, right. we keep on doing that. We basically keep on making it. When I say courageous doesn't mean that I'm not vulnerable and that I don't in touch with my feel, feelings as though somehow we have to qualify the whole time. And if only people would understand that once it becomes about our family, then you want a man there. And that doesn't mean you don't want women. And there you see, I'm doing it again. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a disclaimer again. Every time I say we need a strong man there, you're going to hear those voices. Ah, oh, but what about women, but toxic masculinity? And you're like, hey, you are basing your idea of what a real man is on the wrong kind of people. Yeah. And when you want someone there that's going to stand up for these people, and I don't want to get on a sidetrack, but it is so important that we become those people because then, like you said, taking responsibility is almost the most important thing. As a teacher, I see it all the time with children and parents. Parents who take responsibility for their children and parents who teach their children to take responsibility for their actions at school or whatever it might be, those are the successful people. When the children come in from a family where the parents are not taking ownership and responsibility, are blaming teachers, are blaming situations, and what do we have at the moment in the world is a lot of blame, a lot of victimhood, and a lot of this kind of oppression Olympics when everyone wants to prove how badly they've been dealt instead of going, you know what, I grew up poor, I grew up with this. Someone else is worse off than me. Um, but back to this the sex trafficking and and what we are developing as men for i mean it won't only be to obviously change this but becoming those men allow us to then also step up like that and that's why i think as dads we've got to get ourselves together in our own home so that we can start helping other people because it starts at home right if we not we can't go out there and start fighting that when we have our own kids at home but i think it's very important for the guys to hear um so that we don't become part of the statistic, right? There are obviously things that we can do as parents and anybody listening to prevent our child from being vulnerable. So what are those steps that we can take as fathers specifically and mothers, if you're listening, uh, but fathers specifically to help our children to be less vulnerable to this. Um, as you said, the internet is out there. Kids are walking around with phones in the hand. What can we do to make our children less vulnerable? Uh something theoretical and then something practical uh the theoretical is uh men let's let's understand let's acknowledge that there are predators out there looking for your children masquerading as somebody else a different age a different gender they are on your social media they're on all the apps they're in the the video games actual predators i spoke at something recently and i showed a little one minute clip of uh, you know the national geographic everyone's kind of seen versions of this where they're out in the jungle and you see this lion slinking down in the tall grass and the big title on the screen says predators and they're talking about the predators he's got a strategy he's got a purpose he's not he's not mistaken he's in the tall grass he's downwind and something very interesting happens almost every one of these the herd of zebra go running by or whatever the animal is and he waits he doesn't pounce on the big strong competent one that's aware of the surroundings he waits for the herd to go by and in er invariably there's a young small slower one that is unaware and can't keep up and he pounces on that one and that's his prey so understand guys that what's happening in the animal kingdom on videos like that is what's happening in the human in the human kingdom if you will um there's predators out there. Our FBI said a while back, there's a million predators online. And I think that's a small number. With the pandemic, everything got shut down and everybody went online. Kids and, and predators went online. And there's more now than there ever was. People preying on your child. So raise your son and your daughter to be such a way that they are strong and confident and that they are aware that in an age-appropriate way, you let them know that there are people out there that would do them harm and you can communicate that however you want depending on how old they are and how mature they are etc cetera, etc cetera. but they have to be aware they have to be strong they have to be confident and so much of that 
again, here's a disclaimer. Uh, there are a lot of moms out there doing great jobs. I'm not in any way taken away from the mom, but so much, especially of a daughter well, and a son in their own way. So much of their strength and their confidence comes from a dad in their life, in relationship, letting them know that they're, they're, they're capable and they're valuable and they're worthy and they're beautiful. That coming from a dad, a dad's voice is irreplaceable. That alone will make your child stronger and more confident. And now you can teach them to be more aware. And, and just the practical side, I mean, the one practical thing I can say is that if your kids are currently at smartphone or social media age, um, that's, there's a landmine, there's, a, there's a, a ticking time bomb. So do not let your kids go unsupervised on the internet. Do not let your kids just, don't let them have a computer or their phone after hours in their bedroom. They don't get to keep it in there. It's not turned on. Nothing good happens after hours on the internet for kids. Um, and pay attention to where they're, what they're visiting. Pay attention to the sites and the apps. Mm. A lot of this exploitation, a lot of the predatory behavior is happening on the internet right now. That's, that's number one. That's, that's non-negotiable. Non Dads, get involved in your kids' internet and, and smartphone activities, and, and that'll be, go a long way in preventing bad things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting for me because it always just validates what we do here and what other groups like ourselves do, which is just, you know, encouraging dads to be the complete dad in a way, just make the connection with their kids. Because I think that it's knowing your children, you know, knowing what they're doing, that you have that relationship built with them, that there is this connection with your children that they feel that they can be open with you about what's happening. So if something like that happens, immediately they will come and say, well, dad, this is happening. I think that that is why you know, a, a lot of a lot of dads who are off doing their job and might be focusing on other things need to learn that that relationship, especially when our children start going into adolescence, is so important. Because if we're not aware and we don't have that connection, we don't have that relationship with them, and we don't have that ability, we've not developed that ability in ourselves to talk to our children and our children to talk to us. That's when the secretive stuff starts to happen. That's when our children start to get involved in things in the internet. And then it's also just a lifestyle. You know, when you live a lifestyle where your children are on the internet, you're just sending them to the other room because it's easy to let them go on internet while you and your wife or whoever can just sit downstairs and do whatever, you know, getting them outside, doing all these things. It's kind of interesting for me to hear you say that because it makes me really go like, well, so it's not just about being a good dad and having quality time and letting them be confident and stuff. It actually has a role in protecting them from these predators. Yes. And as crazy as it sounds, you know, it's just, it's, it's always mind boggling that there are these actually people that exist that are like this. Do you know what I mean? And for you, it must be even more just crazy how you've, you've probably been, I don't know if you've been in contact with these people, but obviously aware of that they exist and who they are and what they're doing. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a disturbing thing. And I don't want to, I mean, maybe I do want to get graphic, not me get graphic, but I'd like you to tell us what this is like from the survivor's point of view and what these people go through on a day. Uh, if you go to savinginnocence.org, right on the homepage, there's some, a handful of videos. And one of the videos is of my favorite human who was on our staff for a number of years and she's not, she's going back to school now. She's a survivor. And in that video, in her words, she says this, and by the way, this is pretty typical of the victims out there and the, and the young ones that we take care of. She says in the video that at 11 years old, she was forced to sleep with between seven and 15 men every single night. And then she went on to say, by the time I was 12 years old, I had already been raped 4,000 times. And she stayed in that life and she didn't get out till she was 15 and a half. So if you start doing the math, I mean, this, this one girl growing up in Los Angeles, California. Uh, California, oh my word. Wow. May have been raped 15 or 20,000 times. Like by the, you know, by the time it's all said and done. And this is very typical that my co-author of the book, Jessica hmm. tells a lot of her story in the book, chapter two of the book and her exploitation really started much younger than that. If you can, if you can believe that. And she was formerly trafficked from 11 to 21. She's in it for 10 years. She talks about, I never had a day off. I, I said to her, so do you, how does that work? Do you, you get like a, like a day off, you know? So no, I don't, I never had a day off in all those years. Well, and she kind of caught herself and said, well, no, well, my day off was every seven days. I got to like only have to quote work a half a day, but they are required to be out there and bring home a quota of dollars usually, or whatever, whatever money system you're on, whatever part of the world you're listening to. Mm -hmm. They're typically 
you can't come back until you bring in X amount of dollars every single day. And they're given a quota. If they do come back and they don't have the money, they'll get beat. They'll get tortured. Uh, Jessica in the book talks about seeing children being kept in dog cages and being waterboarded because they'd stepped out of line. There's absolute brutal force that's used against these kids. They're living in such a way where they have lost all humanity. They're in service to this dangerous, brutal, usually men. You're right, there are some women involved, but most of them are men. And they're only seen as a commodity. So think about what that does to the mentality of another human. For me to tell you, uh, and Tom, and I, and I tell you so many, so much that you begin to believe it. And I say, you actually have no worth to the outside world. I own you. You can't make any decisions. You can't decide where you're going to go, when you're going to get up, what you're going to eat, if you're going to eat. I'm going to control all of it. And you have to go out and work. And you can't come back until you bring in $3,000 or $5,000 or whatever it is. And if you step out of line in any way, if you show up any disrespect, I'm going to hit you. You're going to bleed. I'm going to beat you. And if you were to somehow run away, I'm going to kill you. You're going to be murdered. And, and if you talk back at me and you say I'm leaving, and I might tell you, well, guess what? I know where your little sister is. I'm going to go get her. I know where your mom is. I know where your, your little brother is. I'll just, I'll just get rid of you and I'll replace you with them. And at some point, you begin to believe those lies and that manipulation and that brainwashing you, be, you begin to believe the brainwashing and manipulation. Uh, trafficking survivors, according to psychologists, show higher levels of PTSD than Afghanistan war veterans. People that have gone to war where bombs are blowing up around them and they're losing limbs. A trafficking survivor is experiencing greater levels of PTSD than those incredible war veterans or at the same levels. And it all starts with children. At an age when your brain is being maturing and being wired into understand how the world is. Okay, this is how the world is. You don't have the life experience. You don't have the tools. You don't have the family around you because you've been isolated to interpret it correctly. So it's being interpreted by somebody's bad intentions. And they're literally being treated as a commodity, as a product. And their only value to this world is how many times they can get raped. It's non-consensual sex is called a rape, right? Mm -hmm. So as many times as they can get raped every single day, they get um, positive feedback for how many times you can get raped tonight and bring me all the money. It's appalling. It's disgusting. There's no place in a civilized society for anything like this or any society for that matter. And we need men to step up because men were the problem. And the big mistake that the complete dad listeners could make would be, hey, I'm not buying a child for sex. I've never, I, that's gross. I, are you kidding me? I wouldn't do that. So this conversation isn't for me, right? You're talking to somebody else. I'm gonna tune out. In fact, they may have already turned this podcast off because they didn't think it applied to them. And what I urgently wanna communicate to men is that we are all part of this problem, either actively by going down the dark road and that path where we're buying sex from a vulnerable person or passively because we're allowing it to happen. And you might say, well, I'm not allowing it to happen. And I would say, well, is it happening? And say, well, yes, well, then you're allowing it to happen. This is where the authentic man needs to step up and take responsibility. You see, if we know something terrible is happening in our midst and we choose not to do anything about it, then we are complicit in helping that terrible thing to happen. Even though you're not the one that's out there doing it, you're allowing it to happen. Guys, we are allowing this to happen. We've created and are experiencing an exploitive culture that is traumatizing our children and we're sitting back doing nothing, most of us. Get off the couch, get in the game because mm. there's vulnerable children out there that desperately need someone to come and pull them out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, terrific. I mean, it, it sounds like the worst experience that a human being can almost experience. It sounds Seriously. basically the worst thing that can happen to a human being. Yeah, I agree completely. And it's not a competition. There's been a lot of terrible things that happen to humans throughout culture and the world, but this has got to be right at the top. I don't know how you, yeah. I don't know how a child even survives that. I said to Jessica a few times when we were writing this book, yeah. the part where she was telling me these things, I just looked at her and said, Jessica, I don't, I don't know how you, I don't know how you're still alive. I don't know how you did this. And they are truly survivors. And, uh, the strongest, most resilient.
incredible humans ever because they've had to be. They've learned it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here anymore. It's incredible. Mm, it is. But, you know, it's a bit frustrating for me sometimes because you you can, like I said at the beginning, you know, you can turn on the television, you can watch the news, you can go on social media, you can, you know, look at all the protests on the streets. And very seldom, if ever, has it been about this. And it's about these things that I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody. I think that we should all try and live our best lives and allow other people to live their best lives. And there should be acceptance and tolerance for all people. And there should obviously be the pursuit of happiness for everybody and equal opportunities and all these kind of things. So it's not, once again, I'm doing the disclaimer, right? And we, and we and first of all, we shouldn't even have that. It's so irritating to have that, that because I believe firmly that this is probably the most disgusting and and the and the greatest cause we could probably fight for that it doesn't get i mean it must be frustrating for you because it does not get the airtime it does not get the attention that it should and it's so annoying to see people like fighting for luxury basically when we've got these people living basically the most terrible existence possible and if we could just imagine put on a little bit of a vulnerability put a little bit of our empathy into the moment right now to imagine First of all, our, our own daughter, because my daughter's 11 and you spoke about that girl that got involved and she's 11. Like when you said that, I imagined that and I just thought like, yeah. it's just, yeah. un, it's unbelievable. It's one of those things that you just cannot believe that that could happen to that yeah. child, let alone that that child could be yours. So there's that empathy of what if that was your daughter? What if that was your son? Yep. What would you do? And then there's obviously the empathy of, which is almost impossible for us men is to put ourselves in that situation and imagine that that's your existence. And that there's 45 million people maybe not exactly doing or having done to them what you described, but there's 45 million people around the world that are enslaved and a lot of them children and a lot of them with no rights and no voice. And, you know, it's, it's a hard thing because it sometimes feels like I feel like almost helpless sitting here in Germany to a degree. So, you know, as we, as we wind up, I think it's important. For, there was one more thing I, I noticed on your notes that I wanted to ask you is actually two. How is, is pornography linked to this? That was the one thing before we before we wrap up. Yeah, yeah I'm glad I think you a lot that of guys up. have a problem with pornography and how yeah. and supporting it's like with a drug trade, right? It's like you watch narcos Mexico, you watch narcos and you do that, but then people go and buy cocaine wherever yeah. they are and not actually understand that you are supporting that whole ring. And is is it the similar kind of thing with actually supporting pornography? Uh, absolutely, and, and we cover it in some detail in the book. Uh, what most guys don't know, and you know, I don't know, is it 90 or 95%? I mean, it's a huge percentage of men that are looking at pornography, if not all the way yeah. addicted, but it's, it's a major uh, issue in, in the male community. I know some women look at it too, but um, we're talking to men here. What, what most men don't understand is that most of the people you see on the screen in the porn video don't want to be there. They've been coerced in some way. They've been manipulated in some way. And in some cases have actually been trafficked into that movie set. But we quote a trafficking survivor in the book that says, while she's being trafficked, and we, we just discussed what that means, she has no choice whatsoever. She's forced to go into this motel room or movie set, gets raped all night. Someone's filming it. And now it's up on a porn site. And so, and she says this, every time somebody watches that video, they're watching me being raped. So what, what most men don't know is, because there's no disclaimer on the porn video, there's no button that says truly consensual or, or, or non-consensual. You don't know the difference. So you're literally watching a crime happen. You're monetizing a crime. You're aiding and abetting a felony. We call it a felony in the United States. I don't know what you call it, Tom. You're literally receiving some kind of gratification over participating in someone's rape. And that's most of what's happening in pornography. So there sh it shouldn't even be called pornography. It should just be called a crime scene. You have the yellow police tape around your computer. It's a crime scene. It's not, it's not anything different. Not every single person is being criminally attacked there, but the majority are, I can tell you that. And many of them are, and you don't know the difference. And besides that, it's, it's an absolute on-ramp to exploitation, desensitizing future buyers, desensitizing future sellers, future victims, your understanding by looking at your phone or your computer after hours when your wife went to bed, 
and and now you that's the man going down that rabbit hole but that when they when someone sees it early early in life they're saying i guess that's what love is i guess that's what sex is and that's mm-hmm. what love is and it won't be so shocking when it finally happens for real for them mm-hmm. so it's an absolute contributor to trafficking and sometimes it actually is trafficking in the middle of that porn mm. and prostitution same thing obviously yeah i mean very, they're closely related for sure Pro, let's see pro, see the word prostitution suggests choice suggests i'm doing this because this Six is how I worker, maybe <laughs> and there's a small percentage of quote prostitutes that would say this is my choice i'm doing this um most quote unquote prostitutes are being controlled by a third party pimp or trafficker they're just they're just not a minor they're they're adult, an adult but it's still the same crime happening in that way mm. yeah i mean besides what it means for trafficking i mean you know just being or watching porn or being worse addicted to porn is just so negative for us as men in general and, and how it like rips at the the seams of our self respect and the relationship with our wife and you know just the way that we see those things let alone how kids are now exposed to that because of smartphones and all these things and how they've discovered the impact that pornography has on has on us and and, and the children and on our minds um so just to add another layer to that to know that you know that you're actually supporting yeah this kind of industry which is probably one of the most worst industries that exists is definitely another motivation for anybody who's listening who still has a problem and yes it's a major problem it's kind of like something that people accept and think that it's not actually impacting them but it's definitely if you understand and this is kind of the interesting thing some people won't do something because it's impacting them but when you realize this could be impacting someone also supporting a crime um and that you're watching that and that could be a possibility men that's something that you should really consider and you know if anybody's listening to us watching porn we do this in our group called the complete dad network we have this online this online group and it's be, it's been so funny because we had so many like deep conversations and a lot of like uh we've done modules of a course and helped guys through it and one of the most powerful things is just why don't you stop why don't you just stop and it's the same thing with porn it's like you just got to sometimes you can't go well i'm working through my emotions before and i've got to do it. it's like no some things just stop it just get rid of it um because we can't contribute toward this anymore and i'm sick and tired of obviously men being maligned and villainized and masculinity being seen as a negative but that happens because there's not enough um of us showing including me at times showing what masculinity and real manliness could be because i believe that if we do do that we don't even have to have an opinion and this was a i can't remember the quote but it was like let your actions be so loud that you don't even have to have an opinion like stop telling everybody how great masculinity is and that we should be supporting masculinity right. be so positively masculine and manly that it's just beyond a shadow of a doubt that that is what the world needs at the moment to combat these things so i know that your message is similar to ours which is definitely be that person first before you start doing and then obviously do f- start taking action but as we end off here let's just end off with a couple of things that we can do to support you in your fight for these people and then what we can do individually what are the practical things that we can start doing like first of all um i'm so grateful for having you on this podcast because that's me finally actually getting involved not just looking at it feeling horrified and thinking let me do something and then my life carrying on because that's what happens right i do this podcast with you i wake up tomorrow morning make my breakfast and it's all about me and my family again this problem is is not mine anymore until it arrives at my doorstep so what can us me myself guys in our community and guys listening to the podcast do uh, that's a that's a great question let's end on that and i'll just just real quick um just to finish a tie a bow on the on the whole porn discussion yeah. we discussed earlier you have an 11 year old you know how incredibly brutal it would be for your 11 year old to slip and be trafficked now imagine your 11 year old showing up on a porn site being raped and now millions of men are looking at that happening to your daughter it that would drive you another level of insane so that's why we have to quit monetizing that that industry it's happening it's happening to men yes every one of those children has a father whether he gives a shit or not and that and the reason why we have these problems is because men who have children do not step up and do not work on themselves and do not take responsibility and that's the number one cause i mean you look at the statistics before we move on um the statistics of fatherless homes it's just 100% clear and i don't know why 
I don't understand how society, especially in America, they can ignore how important fathers are. And instead of supporting it, they almost want to like break down the nuclear family, break down men, make men look like buffoons, encourage men to be weak, celebrate obesity, celebrate um, being weak and lacking knowledge and just uh, be yourself, be, be yourself and just do what you want. It's all good when society falls apart. Yep. Well, children's lives fall apart when dads are not there. 85%, I heard this statistic, so I, I'll have to check it up. 85% of men who are in prison come from fatherless homes. 85%. If that's not enough of a statistic to go, hey, hang on, hang on. Fathers are, are super important, let alone the education yep. and the gang membership and the drug addictions and the suicides. Yep. All yep. of them, fatherless homes. Yeah. And that's yeah, not to take away from you, woman. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> The women out there have been wronged by weak, pathetic men because exactly. weak, pathetic men yeah. are not stepping up to their their responsibilities. And, and so women are stepping into that gap. And that's great. Keep doing it, women. But we need strong men to rise up and step into that gap and confront the evil men that are doing bad yeah. things. What can we do? Let's finish on that. And I'm glad you asked me that. And, and I never want to answer it too quickly or easily because I want to challenge the man and say, I want to say, well, I don't know. What can you do? Like, do you have a podcast? Invite me on your podcast. Like, you didn't create a podcast so you could talk about human trafficking. You already had the podcast. Super easy for you. Easy yeah. lift. We, we emailed and we, we figured it out. So I would encourage all men to figure out what you already know. What are you already good at? Who do you know? Where'd you go to school? Do you have any money? How about your friends? And use the stuff that you already are good at, that you already know. You're already skills. You're already gifts. And then channel that for the benefit of this fight against human trafficking, something really practical. We talked about, make sure you're raising your sons and your daughters, be strong, confident, and aware, do that. Lose sleep over that, start right there in your home. But then get on Google and find an anti-human trafficking agency near you. I'm not familiar in Germany, you know, where, where they are and how, how much they are, but I bet there is some. They are some, yeah. On their website, find out how many staff they have. Go to go to the next time you go to the store, buy a Starbucks or whatever the gift card of choice is in your part of the world, wherever you're listening to this, and buy one for every one of the staff that are doing this important heroic work. Send it to them with a note. We see you. Keep going. This is important. What else do you need? Find out what they need. Are they going to be having a Christmas party for their kids in a few months? If they have birthday parties, are there any clothing? What do they need? And start stepping in. Just a baby step. Start supporting anti-trafficking efforts near you. You can't do everything, but you can do something. Do something. Be part of the equation. Be part of the solution. Starts at home. Be the husband that your wife deserves. Be the father that your children deserve. And, and be in relationship with your kids and interpret life as it comes. Don't use the internet as a babysitter. Sit alongside them. Watch a TV show. Watch a movie. Interpret it as it goes. Help them get an accurate, clear helpful picture of the world as unfolding because the world is lying to us every single day. The world is lying to your children and what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be beautiful, what it means to be strong and powerful. It's, it's just full of lies. So that's what I would say. Um, get educated. I will say this as we close proceeds from this book are benefiting survivors of trafficking. I have a job. I don't need to get money from this book. So I can very unapologetically say, Get on Amazon, go to our fightforme.net website, buy a dozen books, buy a case of books. The proceeds are going to benefit survivors. Get one to every man you know. Go through it with your teenage boys if you have some. Get your guys, show some courageous leadership we talked about. Give this book, meet once a week, discuss a chapter at a time. And at the end, in the middle of that process, you'll be losing sleep at night. The things you'll read. Mm. What, what do I need to do? What am I supposed to, what part of this solution do I need to be playing in somewhere in the darkness? You'll get an answer and then step into that, mm. step into it. Cause we need you. Yeah. And I think as part of all of our, all of us as men, there's a little part of in us that wants, wants something to fight for, you know, that's yeah. part of our nature. There's something in us. And I think yep. life has become way too easy and too comfortable. And that's the danger is that we get it. We get fooled into thinking that that's where pleasure and where happiness comes from and joy and contentment. And it's totally not as I was speaking to my wife the other night, um, or was it last night on the balcony just saying it's funny because there's two there's two versions of ourselves the one that's instantly gratified and we think that that's us and that's not the real us the real us is the one that delves into what really gratifies us which really contentment and that is i think for all men and and some and women i suppose 
Um, but I can't speak for them because I'm not one. So I'm going to speak for men and say that there's that part of us that wants to fight for something. We want to be warriors. We want to stand up. And if there's any cause that's worth fighting for, this is one of them. So if you're out there wondering what, are you, what you can do in the world and if you want to fight for something good, uh, fight for this thing. Um, the book is called Men Fight For Me. Um, it's Alan Smith. And I think it's Jessica. What's her surname? The uh, co-author? Jessica Midkiff. Jessica Midkiff. So check that out. Men Fight For Me and Alice and Alan on Saving Innocence. Is that savinginnocence.com where people can check out what you guys are doing? Uh, savinginnocence.org. And uh, although if you go .com, it might direct you there as well. And also yeah. we're on all the social media platforms at Saving Innocence and at Fight For Me Book. Follow along. Just be part of the conversation. If you see something, like it, retweet it, reshare it, all those things, do all the social media things and uh, just, just step in. Just step in and it'll become clear what your role is. We need you. Men, we need you in this fight. We need you in Germany. We need you in Canada. Yeah. We need you in the United States. Step in, man. Let's go. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, man. It's really challenged me again because this is something that I was delving into. And the guy's name is Tim Ballard and he does this yeah. Our Rescue. I don't know. You probably know it. He does Our Rescue. And that's something that I kind of was, um, I subscribed to. But as, as with many things in life and as with guys listening to this podcast, it slipped my radar. It's, it went out of my focus. You know, life got busy, things happened, and that went out of my radar. It's not, let's not let that happen, guys, because this is a super important thing. Alan, thanks so much for the persistence and getting hold of me and putting up with our holidays, all the things, and really getting down to do this. I think it's been amazing. I really not, I don't want to say I enjoyed the discussion, but I really felt that it's, it's challenged me again. And as of the complete dad, we'll be keeping this as something that will be on our back burner or something that will be a focus of ours and i'll definitely be speaking to the guys in the group and those who have listened to this thanks so much let's get involved let's do something alan smith thanks so much thanks for having me tom <laughs>